Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello, hello, everybody. Okay. I'm internally fangirling right now, excited because today we have the king of TikTok, the king of millennial content himself. Rod is joining us today to talk all things nostalgia. Um, you all missed it earlier. We were talking about um, just like camp rock and just jamming out to like other 2000s hits. Um, but today's conversation, we're talking about anxiety, anxiety in the workplace, um, advice on like how to come about it how to just take care of yourself and it was really not just fun and engaging but it we offer some really great tips and tricks in how we navigate it personally and also about like reaching out to other resources around us that can help cope with anxiety and other um things with that so without further ado everybody tune in bring out your hit clips bring out your cd player put on your favorite jeans um get ready to go back to the 2000s in this episode enjoy rod thank you so much for being here with us today thanks for having me um so we always like to start out with asking the question when you hear the term young influential what does that mean to you like what is your first initial reaction I think if if I've learned anything in the past year and a half, it's that there is as much as we like to say there isn't. There is a generational divide, both um, on both bookends of being a millennial, you know, Gen X or even Boomer in the workplace, but then Gen Z educating them about you know the workplace and what what's acceptable and what's not. So I think young influential is all about education, and it's not conforming who you are in order to fit a stereotype or a standard because that's how change is made okay i like that yeah i feel like yeah i feel like i'm the same way like, I feel like a lot of times people think that it's somebody who has like a million followers or who invented like toaster strudel or something like really outrageous yeah. but it can be no it can be anybody you could be influential in your workplace you could be in a, a low level job and the ceo does something that's out of character or, uneth- or unethical, and what do you do? You, you bring it up or you challenge them on that. And that is being influential. That's even more influential than inventing a toaster strudel in my mind. But toaster strudels <laughs> are really good though. But. Yeah, I was like, I really like the chocolate yeah. flavor. Oh, hot yeah. take, yeah. Yeah, well, <laughs> I was like, like, that might be- I think the cinnamon is pointless. <laughs> I like the strawberry or cherry. That's my yeah, I was like, okay, yeah, cinnamon. Cinna- oh, that's another story. That's another yeah, story. Cinnamon is yeah. good on like a good after school day. You're watching a, D- a DCOM extra film, Ooh, like yeah. double teamed or like Xenon the sequel 13th year for me yeah (laughs) (laughs) 
But um, so we all know you're a content creator and all that jazz, but um, how did you, uh, was there something that you studied in school that kind of inspired you to kind of get into the space or how did, how did this all come about? Oh man, I, I went to school to be a teacher immediately out of school. Basically after a year of teaching, I went into sales. So that's kind of my entrance into corporate America. So I've been in corporate America for only almost a decade and I never saw this coming. I was never creative. I was never a musician. I never edited videos or I didn't even own a camera. I still don't own a camera. You know, I mean, just use my iPhone. But I think it was more than anything, just kind of tapping into my own self and my own anxieties and then understanding that other people go through this together, which has been for me more influential than anything. And I do think there was a little bit of me having worked in an analyst, like an analyst type position in sales, you know, like having to look at clients and kind of analyzing what they can and cannot use kind of helped me analyze my own content and then seeing what people related to um, in order to keep making content that helps others feel seen. Yeah. Like I know when I first joined TikTok, I've uh, like January, 2020, I feel like uh, I don't remember like when, but I think like one of yours was like the first one and where you were like the corporate anxieties. And I was like, oh my gosh, the algorithm, it's got me. I it got me. It already got me. It's like, <laughs> no, it's like, we'll give this to everyone and see what happens. <laughs> I'm like, this is me. This is what I relate to. And I yeah, feel like sure. that's what I really enjoy about your content. Cause I feel like it was one of the first times I saw instances of like people where I'm like, wait, this is actually relatable. Not like mm-hmm. of what I deal with on a daily basis of like, if my boss sends me an email and doesn't put an exclamation or um, yes. am I on mute on Zoom, which I still fear like every day, like even sometimes when I'm talking. <laughs> I did something yesterday and someone submitted, um, is my mute button actually on mute? And I'm like, oh my God, I, that, I thought I was literally the only one in that where like, even now I'm talking, right? And you're clearly listening to me. I'll still hover over Zoom and be like, okay, I'm unmuted. You know, it's like, it is if all of a sudden I have it in my head that some robot went and like ruined my life. <laughs> no, but okay. So I have a weird story. So like, right before, like we were, I was on zoom with a coworker once and we had our mic on mute and our other coworker, like in the other room and we coughed and we still heard that on zoom. So I have a theory that when you're on mute, you're not on mute because we did that test wow. and they heard our cough on mute and everyone's listening all the time yeah you know i've I've just come to the reason like you know what if you guys hear me talk about you uh john in finance you know what that tie wasn't a good look for you at the christmas party last year yeah (laughs) not have worn the tie i should have told it to your face yeah exactly i'll just do it on zoom right now (laughs) (laughs) Um, but um so can you kind of walk us through like how you got on tiktok like was it i feel like a lot of us we just got bored one day and we were like oh like we're at home. Let's just download this app and like see what's out there. Yeah, I loved Vine. I'm not sure if you remember Vine, but Vine was like all comedy, <laughs> yes. right? So that's where with TikTok, I knew it was music first, but then you they started to tease comedy. I'm like, I love short form content, especially working from home. You know, I'm like, I need something in between meetings that I can like scroll through mindlessly just to kind of like reset. You know, it's like a palate cleanser for me, social media. And then I started I'm like, you know, I'm gonna try to make a TikTok because I love Vine so much. And it wasn't even with the intent of going viral. It was just like, oh, let me just try to make a TikTok. And it was so difficult to work at first for me. And now I'm like, I'm like I can't imagine editing anywhere else. You know, it's so user-friendly. But I just got so overwhelmed in classic millennial fashion. I was like, I'm done with this. Back to Instagram, <laughs> you know. And then turns out um, 
which I'm I do want to like if I would have kept going, where would I be now? But I'm in a good spot now too. So um, but then I got back on a couple months later and I started using the music feature. And then when I started using the music feature, I saw um, people liked the nostalgic music I was using, which is, you know, we were talking about it before this, but like the radio Disney box or, <laughs> you know, like things that I put on my MySpace playlist, even things that I listened to in college studying, I was putting those in the, into my content and using them with my work from home anxieties and then I was talking to my therapist a couple months later and kind of I was scared to tell my therapist what I did because they were like you need to get off that (laughs) they kind of of did they're like are you sure that's the best for you like we'll see but um they were like well yeah that makes sense because nostalgia you know is a there is a is um, a form of therapy so if they're saying if if you're grieving someone like I lost my grandmother this past year the pandemic and whenever I miss her I'm grieving her I make one of her recipes that she made for me growing up because that taps into a time when we were a little bit with, with for most people being a child you know you, you don't have a care you know um, so all that to say I think it was a combination of, of the type of content that I was making with the nostalgia but also with relating it to the the serious subjects of mental health in the workplace, which did make it a little bit more lighthearted, but then started opening up these conversations. And I feel like that's so true, like with the nostalgia thing, like I know a lot of times, like when I get worked, like last night, for instance, I was really, really anxious um, preparing for like work and stuff. And I put on the Pocahontas soundtrack to go to sleep. Ooh. And I was just like, Vanessa Williams is here. She's yeah. me. Like <laughs> my anxiety that. is just going down. And I easily went to sleep and I feel like that's a thing that I started doing uh when I was in because I feel like my anxiety how I got aware of it was I think it was like my freshman year of call of undergrad and Mm -hmm. I was like my doctor was like oh like you can do this or you can start working out and so I would just start working out in the mornings to kind of help and then I felt like it would just be coming back again at night and so I'd be like oh maybe if I put on like some old jams or some like old hits so I would start playing like LMNT or like Avril Lavigne or something. LMNT like, is the one hit wonder. Yeah, I love you, that song. God, I love that. You know, I love that song. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like, it's like we know. It's like, I again, I think I sing that once a week. Um, yeah, it's so week. good. No, every hour. Um, anyway, <laughs> I feel mm-hmm. like that was like one of the easy coping mechanisms that I did where I would, it would take me back into a place where it's like, oh, this is before I discovered I had um, anxiety or whatever. And it would just like calm me down. And I, to this day, I still do that. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like now it's more talked about because I feel like back then, even we're talking like 10 or so years ago, I feel like a lot of us like all dealt with it, but it wasn't very, like as widely talked about uh, because a lot of people, there's still a lot of shame around it. Like mm-hmm. I know I would talk about it with like my um, with our, our campus therapist or with other friends who I knew had it, but I feel like now, like I'll have an interview with somebody and be like, yeah, my anxiety kept me up till three today. Or yeah, I thought you hated me because you forgot to put the sassy girl emoji on that slack <laughs> at two o'clock and yeah and they'll be like wait what and I'm like yeah like the little things that's what it, that's what my mind goes to and I just feel like now we're at a place because we have platforms like TikTok and social media where people can connect and find kind of their audience and niche that mm-hmm. a lot of people aren't alone and I feel like we're also like sharing resources and how others are coping with like whether it's uh anxiety or whatever to find that relatability love that yeah um so do you have any like tips for yourself that you use on a daily, like to help with anxiety, like at work or mm-hmm. on your, like, what are some of your like go-to uh, help things? As cliche as it is, um, mental health blocks do work for me. Um, and usually what I, I'm, 
you know, I have my work bestie that I can buy it in. So it'll be, you know, calling them when it works for both of us, both of you should take a mental health walk at the same time, you know, and kind of decompress from the day. That's a big one. But I think the more we've worked from home and the more open I've been, and honestly, I think my content even helped with that, um, was being more open with my boss and just saying, Hey, I'm actually so overwhelmed today. If I work the next five minutes, this is not going to be my best work. You're going to get a really crappy outcome. Can I take 30 minutes? You know, I think honesty with your mental health will go so far. And I think that's honestly where we see, we hear this term great resignation, right. That we're seeing a lot of millennials go through now. And even people are like, you know, I don't have a job lined up, but I am suffering and I need to, I need to quit, you know, which understand it's not an equitable society. So not everyone can do that. But I think people are, checking in with their mental health more and they are realizing, Hey, I've even had people DM me that are like, Hey, I, um, I asked my boss for mental health day and they said, no, what do I do? You know? And it's like, I hope that companies value their employees so much to realize that when someone is, you know, going through it, you know, I'm going through it in my personal life, you know, a lot of big changes happening in my personal life right now that if I am not being open and honest with myself first, and then in turn with those above me, that nothing's going to change. And then if they aren't meeting you where you're at, maybe it is time to look for something else. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Yeah, and I feel like just now with like the great resignation and just all that with 2020 and how the a lot of companies are like taking the account it's like, oh yeah, the pandemic has affected us. Um and I feel like, especially like with me and my own thing, like with me and my uh, me and my boss, like I love how we have that open communication where I'm now not afraid to ask for a mental health day, which I've done mm-hmm. so many times where I'm like, hey, like there's just a lot going on right now. I need to take a minute or take a day to just like step back. Like there's yep. so much going on and whatever. And even if I don't bring it up, like they'll tap in and they'll be like, hey, like I noticed that like, you kind of seem off or is this going like, is everything okay with you? Like, give me check in. And I feel like, I feel like I'm so grateful for that. And I feel like a lot of people who are in work environments, like don't have that option where their boss is like tapping into them and like, Hey, like, are you good or whatever? But I always try to empower my friends who aren't in those situations <clears throat> where I'm like, Hey, if you have five, 10 minutes, like take that time to go for a walk, like go to Whole Foods, go to Trader Joe's, get yourself a cinnamon roll, like get an iced coffee, like do something to, uh, to relieve and to just take a minute, even if no matter how long the limit is, I feel like a lot of times people think that like, oh, I don't have like a day or I don't have like a lunch hour. I have like 30 minutes. I only have 
10 minutes. I'm like, yeah, whatever little bit of that time is, jam out to one of your favorite songs, go to the bathroom, take a selfie. Like, I feel like it's so important to take an account and do you uh, do like a self-check to see like, okay, where am I mentally? Like, am I present? Am I here? Like, what can I, what can I do? What are my resources? Like, am I good? Am I not? And just like mm-hmm. taking that time for yourself. And so that's one thing that I appreciate that's like come out of all of this is like a lot of people are now trying to do it, like check in with themselves more and realize that like, you know what, like, I'm not so good. Like, I actually no. do not handle this. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's okay to be not, it's okay. It's okay not to be okay, to quote Demi, Lo- to quote Demi Lovato. The great, great author. The great author, Demi Lovato. Oh, um, but, um, but yeah, um, so before we close and give advice, we have a few questions that we want to get into. Mm-hmm. From my audience, right? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, I asked in my stories a couple weeks ago, uh, last week, about, you know, does anyone need... You know, any advice in the workplace? And while I'm not an expert, I want to give that out there. You know, I think the experts are, you know, your mental health professionals or even sometimes human resources, depending on how much you trust them. Um, there definitely are some workplace anxieties that I have experienced, and this is how I've, you know, addressed them. Um, and this is a big one for me is how do you build self-care into days where you feel too tired, overwhelmed, et cetera, for self-care? And I think a form of self-care is also knowing that you don't, a lot of people, it depends on the types, you know, like we have the type A and type B, you know, mm-hmm. type people, it's like type A, it's like their form of self-care is organizing their entire home. On their day <laughs> off. You know, where I'm type B, where it's like my self-care day is literally laying horizontal, you know? Um, <laughs> so I think it's first of all, understanding what you, what you need and what you know, and, and self-care is self-care. And while I did just, I even just did that where I put us into two boxes there's all these personality tests and all these different things that people try to do as a society in order to be like, this is the type of person you are. But at the end of the day, we are all unique individuals and we all need something completely different than our coworker or the person next to us, which is why I always say to, to employers or managers, they ever ask for advice. My first piece of advice is see your employees as two, as, as different people. Like even when you're hiring, you can't hire the perfect person that you want. And that's what some people try to do is they try to hire eight of the same person. Um, But as far as self-care goes, I would say just know what you need. And at the end of the day, if you have accomplished something little or something big on your self-care day, whether it's a facial or whether it's um, cleaning your entire house, just know that you took a day to yourself to disconnect from what was stressing you in the first place. And that's work. Yeah, like I know one of my favorite self-care day things to do. I always tell people Thursday's the new Friday. So Thursday mm-hmm. night, I like will take myself to the movie. I get a large popcorn. It is I the live new Friday. It. Like it is like it is. I don't know if anybody says mm-hmm. there's this new Friday. I do that. Or literally at, before I go to bed, I'll just like have a massive dance party. I mean, I do that every day in the kitchen. I'll do a massive <laughs> dance party or if I want to do a spa day, I'll take myself to Sephora during my lunch. But I like you said, like it's self so like whatever you do whatever makes you happy totally totally so that's 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 really good um this is a big one and i think i've even learned this because this is a big anxiety in the workplace and i think even employers sometimes will take advantage of it how to ask for a raise ask for the raise at the end of the day they are not you hear the terms family red flag your culture carrier red flag a work hard, play hard, red flag, you know, wear many hats, red flag. That's if wear many hats is in your job description, they are trying to not give you a job description in order to give you more work. 
Right. And I've worked in only startups. So I've heard that my entire career, but I think asking for a raise is in your right as an employee. If you feel like you deserve it, if they say no, you ask for feedback and it has to do with superiority. If someone like, well, this person's actually in line ahead of you. And you're like, my performance has exceeded theirs by 50%. You know, like it, it shouldn't be about those things. Kind of like we talked about before, if you're in a spot and you have an opportunity to present itself, I would say it might be time to, to look for something new. If, if it, if it fits into your, into your plan, or they could give you really good feedback. Hey, it's not in the budget right now. Um, let's check in in three months. Here are the things that we are looking for. Um, here are the boxes that you've checked and here are some things you can work on. I think that's a really healthy workplace environment. God dang. Yeah. That, that one <clears throat> hit close to home. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think too, it's like even millennials, we, I even looked at jobs. I remember I'm like, Five years ago, I was looking at jobs. I'm like, oh my God, they have a coffee bar in their company. How cool is that? I'm going to work there. Where now it's like, no, I want a 401k. Like, I, well, buy my own coffee. Like, it, you know, it, the things that we look for in a company, you know, I think these companies are, are putting on the, the Silicon Valley type, you know, what we see in the movies of startups and, and, you know, cereal bar and all these things that, yeah, it's cool to work in and it's a cool environment. It's cool to bring your friends and walk around. But I would rather work in fluorescent lights all day. And I think they were all working from home now. So what does it even matter? Like, mm-hmm. look at the, those cereal bars that we looked for. Those coffee bars are gone. And you don't have a 401k, you know? So I think it is just all about um, just knowing what sets yourself up for success. And some people are motivated by that. And I don't want to discredit that. If they feel like that's all they need is, you know, a good, fun workplace, then by all, all means. But at the end of the day, just know that you are entitled to so asking for more money, asking for promotion, if you feel like you've earned it. Like, yeah, yeah, I need, I clearly, I need to hear that because I'm always yeah. like, ooh, they have a coffee maker that does iced coffee and hot coffee. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yep. yep. <laughs> That's so true. Um, I have, oh, can we do one more? Yeah, yeah. We can do one more. I hear a lot of, a lot about this and I even have a, a personal experience with it. Um, how to st- how to stop stressing over the company offsite, which I'm not sure if you know what offsite is. It's kind of like a retreat. Um, and a lot of times, companies with good culture, good workplace environments, you know, they put on these fun retreats, these fun workplace environments. And if we are family, what happens in family drama? <laughs> right? You're going to an offsite. You're going to basically where there's a family reunion. There's going to be drama that happens, you know. And I think at the end of the day, how removed you are from that drama, and if you can handle the drama or not. If some people love, live for the drama. Listen, I love drama. Like care about it. <laughs> not like being in it. Um, but some people like like have anxiety about like, I don't want to help my coworkers outside of work. If you have an agenda and you want to stick to the agenda, do it. But when it comes to anything else outside of that, if, if people are pressuring you to go out drinking or people are pressuring you to do other things outside of your, what your is in your agenda and your offsite, stick to what, you know, take that other time, go back to your hotel room, relax, sleep, self-care, right? Where some people like me, I have a high social battery and my social battery charges with other people. Some people's social battery recharges by themselves. So just know your limits and what you're able to do. Yeah, like I know, like for me, for instance, like I don't know, lot, like my social anxiety is really bad. And so, a lot of whenever I talk to other people who have it, also, I always ask them for tips and tricks. I know, like for me, I know my limit. So, like for instance, I had a thing the other week and I was like, you know what? I, if I'm here longer than an hour, like I will freak out and it's just too much. And I don't know anybody here. I gave myself like 10, 15 minutes, <laughs> didn't even do the, didn't even make the hour. Yep. I was like, you know what? I can't do this 10, 15 minutes. So I feel like it's 
also okay to like be honest with yourself and know where you are and be like, you know what, I can't do this or this out my comfort zone or <clears throat> this type of setup is more comfortable for me. Like I know for another thing for when I go to the movies, I cannot sit in the middle of the row. It gives me so much anxiety of like having to walk over someone and spill my popcorn on their lap. And I <laughs> and they're not doing refills. And it's like, I build up this whole thing <laughs> in my head. Yeah. So like whenever I go to the movies with friends and stuff, like before we go, I'm like, Hey, you guys, just so you know, like I need to be on the end. And I feel like just normalizing that conversation and telling mm-hmm. your friends or whomever, like, Hey, this is where I matter. This is what makes me comfortable. Like there's nothing wrong with that. And it's not weird or whatever. It's just, it, eases that anxiousness and that tension a little bit and it also your friends and your coworkers they're gonna they're gonna eventually adjust like it's not something yeah. you should feel ashamed about so honestly I, in the workplace yeah. goes so much further than than pushing yourself to a limit that you can't yeah. that you can't handle because it, it just gets yeah it just gets awkward and no need to do that <laughs> truly but thank you rod so much for joining us yeah. and everybody please check out his podcast millennial made it is so good it is thank you it is we have some good guests coming up to which i'm really excited for i am so hyped i gotta catch up also like there was an episode you did recently where i think it was the twins who were born they said they were born in 2001 yeah my my like get ready if but listen so they're 21 now that they're graduating college next year what's going to happen they're entering the workplace you're about to hear in your workplace people were born in the 2000s so get ready like i mean like it just blows my mind. Like whenever people are like, yeah, I was born in 2003. I'm like, excuse me, you missed yeah. like Britney's iconic 2001 VMA performance. Mm-hmm. Like you missed yep. so much history. Yep. <laughs> but then, thank you Rod, so much for, for joining us. I, I can talk about nostalgia in VMAs. And oh, same. <laughs> so same. I will not keep you all, but thank you all for tuning in. And I hope yeah. you all enjoyed this episode. Thank you, Colin. <laughs> Wow, how great was this episode? If you were like me, you probably took a lot of notes and have a lot of questions and comments. So if you do, feel free to add us at Adweek across Twitter, Instagram, all the social medias. And we'd love to hear from you all. And feel free to give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. That always helps us. And we can't wait to hear from you all and see you in the next episode. So bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to Young Influentials, part of the Adweek Podcast Network and ACAST Creator Network. This podcast was produced by Al Manorino, executive produced by Chris Aarons, and edited by Lane McGibney at Bountwell Studios. You can listen and subscribe to all Adweek's podcasts by visiting adweek.com slash podcasts. Stay updated on all things Adweek Podcast Network by following us on Twitter at Adweek Podcast. And if you have a question or suggestion for the show, send us an email at podcast at adweek.com.